But I ran into Jack Ruby. Oh, goddamn. It was his grave? Of of shooting Lee Harvey Oswald and kicking yeah, off yeah. the JFK. Yeah, it was Jack. So and Jack given Ruby. that you were... S- you were such a, a, an aficionado yeah. of the JFK assassination. It's fascinating that you had Royko, but not Jack Ruby. That's I had funny. no idea that Ruby was even buried in Chicago. Like, I just, it, I had of no idea. Of course he was, yeah. Of course he was I, from I, Chicago. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, it totally yeah. makes sense. It absolutely does. So I was like, oh my God. And that was weird. That was like, I got this weird feeling of like, like it's one thing to stand over the grave of like, a 20th century great like Mike Royko and who I'm, you know, yeah. obviously a huge fan of influenced by everything, but it's another thing to stand over the grave of Jack Ruby, who like arguably changed the course of American history. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the literate ape cast. uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe say listen to it. <laughs> What's great about this episode is that it's probably the closest to being like a live radio show ever because we've had such a hard time trying to lock down when we were going to record this week. Yeah, that's right. Because our so. regular time, I was uh, I was completely ill with my. Uh, you call it long COVID. I call it the COVID hangover. Um, but yeah, it's been this is this has been Semantics. this has been the shit. Yeah, but then it was like, all right, can we do it on Friday? Okay, we're gonna do it on Friday. Nope, can't do it on Friday because David's got a family. Can we do it on Saturday? Yeah, but it's got to be between this time <laughs> and there's a haircut, and I'm taking my mom to a movie. We got to get all right. So yes. Well, to be fair, the Friday night wasn't because of my family. The Friday night was because of your family, because you took mom to... Uh, the symphony. The symphony, yeah. but yeah. you couldn't do... You, well, we were going to do it Friday afternoon, and you had to... Correct. Yes, I had to go pick, with Harry. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, this is what it's been, and, uh, you know, you have children, and I have old folks, yep. so uh, that's what we have, and uh, we're right. fitting it in there for you folks. We're fitting it in there so that you have... We work hard. ...something to listen to while you lay in your... <sighs> Oh, have you seen this? They've got a thing coming out. It's like this guy doing a Kickstarter for the Moon Pod. No. It's basically a fucking beanbag chair. and I mean, that's all it is. It's always all the ergonomic yada, yada, yada. It's a fucking beanbag chair. And Mom and I were laughing about that, and then I realized, yeah, but how many people really actually today watching this know what a beanbag chair is? And we laughed about that because that's all it was. It was, a, it was special, special, like instead of bean bags or whatever you put in a bean bag, it's yeah. like this special ergonomic. But it's basically a fucking big bag it's chair. It's a bean I bag chair. That was funny. Um, I thought that was funny. Better idea for a Kickstarter. We, kick, we do a Kickstarter for something yeah. called the Moon Pod. Wait, where you and I raise money to get flown to the moon to make a podcast on the moon. See, I think that's a perfect moon pod. See, that is a moon that's pod a, worth kickstarting. That's a GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We need Jeff Bezos kind of money to do it, but hey, you know we'll what We'll get the it. Hell? We'll start this thing up. Um, see, I've got these great ideas now because I'm, I'm tr- I'm, I, I kind of fell off the, the running thing for a week and like my brain goes to crap. But I, um, so anyway, so I was running more this week and uh, 
I, uh, I ran into some old friends while I was running because I, 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 I found that, where am I going with this? Jesus. I found, <laughs> my brain's doing so much better now that I've run again. Good, yeah, maybe good morning. Maybe I'm going brain dead because of where I run. I don't know. I've been running in cemeteries. This is what I'm trying to get to. This is the point that I should have made five minutes ago. You run in cemeteries? I'm running through cemeteries now. What what's the appeal other than the fact there's probably not a lot of people and the people that are there are like real slow? I don't know. Well, cemeteries are they're, they're naturally peaceful, right? Like they're always quiet and peaceful. They're always kind of pretty because there's you know trees and sometimes yeah, well like hills and you know they're most of the time they're maintained. Yeah, uh, one that I ran through the other day, who that one that one looked like it was maintained by Hurricane Ian. Like it was it's sort of like sort sort of like sort of like what's the the, the very last shot of uh, the, the 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 last shot of Gangs of New York where they have <laughs> yeah. the cemetery and it just gets more and more grown over until yeah. there's just a lot there. Just, okay, yep. so you were in the yep. you were in the Gangs of New York cemetery. God, right. is, I forgot about that ending. That's a great scene. That's a it's great a great shot. fucking yeah. ending. It's a great what a ending, statement. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, because it was, I was up. Um, dropping Harry off from school, to, uh, to school the other day, and something on my maps popped. Oh, because I checked my map, like, how long is it going to take me to get to his school, whatever. I had one thing saved in my map. Like, you're going to have, like, a favorite or a thing saved in your maps? Like yeah, your Google yeah, maps. yeah. You pin it or something. Yeah, yeah, you pin, yeah. So, I don't remember when I did this, but I pinned Mike Royko's grave. Mike Royko, the famed columnist of the 20th century. Um... You know, because I love I love Royko. Um, side story: My dad was Mike Royko's son's summer camp counselor. His son David, when David was a boy, my dad was his camp counselor. That's a lot of six degrees, my friend. Yeah. Um, so I, the 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 uh, cemetery where Royko's buried isn't far from where Harry was, and I had like half an hour to kill, so I just ran up there in in the car actually, um, and found Royko's grave, and was like, oh, that's cool like you know wow neat groovy because i get a kick out of that shit um and then like i d- went to close my maps again but like on the you know because i had to like follow it to like take me to where the pin actually was and i see that there's another person of interest buried like across the road in the jewish part of the cemetery you know because segregation they segregated back then yeah they segregated back then but they still do like there's uh... i know Find me one Jewish person. It's like, you know what? Let's stop this. They're just... They're, it, anyway, whatever. Um, so... Oh, we're... And, oh, we're <laughs> going to get to the Jews. We're going to get to the Jews in the uh, Warshak. I guarantee oh, it. So, okay. yeah, keep let's, going. Yeah, let's get to the Jews. It's about time we're somebody gonna, finally came for them. Yeah, so finally came for the Jews. Yeah, I got, I got something for you to talk about. But I ran into Jack Ruby. Oh, goddamn. It was his grave? Of... Of shooting Lee Harvey Oswald and kicking yeah, off yeah. the JFK. Yeah, it was Jack. So and Jack given Ruby. that you were you were such a, a, an aficionado uh, yeah. of the JFK assassination, it's fascinating that you had Royko, but not Jack Ruby. That's I had funny. no idea that Ruby was even buried in Chicago. Like I just, it, I had no idea. Of course idea. he was. Yeah, of course he was from I, Chicago. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, it totally yeah. makes sense. It absolutely does. So I was like, oh my god, and that was weird. That was like I got this weird feeling of like. Like, it's one thing to stand over the grave of, like, a 20th century great, like Mike Royko, and who I'm, you know, yeah. obviously a huge fan of, influenced by everything. But it's another thing to stand over the grave of 
Jack Ruby, who like arguably changed uh, the course of American history. I mean, yeah, like that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's like standing over the grave of actual John Kennedy or of George Washington, or like being among the bones of these other men that like re- influenced. Or more like more like John Wilkes Booth, or yeah, I guess uh, that's a good point. Like, let's yeah, not put Jack or, Ruby up there with with Washington, yeah. or Michael David Chapman. You know, I mean, yeah, that that that's let's let's not put it in the Washington or the JFK. But it's actual. weird. It's still like the impact that whether for you know the good guys like Washington, yeah, and Kennedy, or the worst people like Booth and uh, Ruby. It's still the, the power that they hold. You know, you don't, if you want to make a difference in the world, you don't have to be a good person. No, you just have to have a you gun. Can be, you can, or you just be downright awful. Like Donald Trump never had a gun, but he's That's true. maybe one of like, but he's, we don't think he's, he's a gonna great go person, down, but he's, he's going to go down in history. Yeah. He's going to go down in history is, is a, you, the, I was thinking about this the other day. It's funny that you mentioned Trump. Uh, what I was thinking about the other day is like, uh, you know, when you really have to look for a president that was as bad as as Trump, um, you go back and you have to look, you mm-hmm. know, and then and it turns out it was probably Buchanan or Garfield. But when you look, it's like we don't know anything about those guys. We don't even we don't even think about those motherfuckers anymore. Yeah, they're just not even there. And, and there's only forty five, right? Forty six. Forty six of them now. Yeah, forty six presidents. Yeah. So it's not like it's from a, a you know it's not like there's a plethora of choices. But the ones that are the worst, you don't even really kind of, you kind of remember Hoover. He was a pretty bad president. Hoover blew things. Pretty, and Hoover, was, yeah, yeah. Hoover had the teapot scandal. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah, I think that was right. But, you know, you had the Hoovervilles and the Great Depression and that kind of stuff. Totally blew the so, Depression, yeah. So so my thought is, like, in 100 years, I wonder if anybody will even remember that Trump existed. I mean, unless he does something, like, really egregious in the next couple of years before he dies of clogged arteries. Well, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, there was... Um, I'm trying to find out, like... Who, oh, no, Harding. Harding, there Warren you go. Harding had the Teapot Dome scandal. The tea, he was a Teapot Dome. But again, yeah. like, we don't think... Shit, I, I'm talking about Harding, and I forgot about Harding. Like that's see, that's like, what I'm saying. It's like yeah, a, like a hundred years from now, who's going to give a shit? But you know what? A hundred years from now, Jack Ruby will still be someone we know about because that he won't be. You don't think so? No, because I posted because so I took a picture of the grave. Yeah, and um, you know, did a cute little selfie with the kissy face. You know that whole thing for the gram and uh, for the gram. And we had a thing at work. We were editing a video that we recorded in Dallas. So my uh, video director. Of course. I know. So my video director sent a Slack saying something like, you know, the, the, the latest Dallas cut is up. And I go, speaking of Dallas. <laughs> and See. I threw up the picture. And my buddy Chell, the, the video director, he laughed because he got it. But there was one person on the line. She just turned 30. And she's like, I don't, I don't get it. Who is this? And then like I explained it to her and she's like, Oh, oh right, of course yes, okay, right, got it now. Oh, you're right. But people she's don't 30. read history. Yeah. Somebody who's probably twenty five or tw- like they might have not no idea. Know. Well, well the they've never seen this. a beanbag like, chair either. They've never seen a fucking beanbag chair. Right. There's but our minds like we we have to forget things because as history continues and grows, our minds can only hold so much. We can only remember and recall so much. Yeah. You know, like my dad brought over. So today after we're done recording, I had to go 
um, go through the garage. My dad brought over all my shit from my my bedroom as a kid. This is full of notes from junior high and bar mitzvah card. My God, I still have all my bar mitzvah cards. Like just, it's my whole life up until I was 18. And I'm going to go through it, you know, and probably throw most of it away. I hope. I mean, that's the plan. We know that I have a hard time letting things go. Um, Which is partly why I probably like running in cemeteries. I just can't let go of the bones. Okay, there you go. That's a, that's, there's a justification. But I'm, I'm going to go through all this stuff and I'm going to read all those notes from all those girls in eighth grade and everything. And, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about this. But remembering, once I remember, like, that was the most important thing in my life and the most influential thing in my life far beyond eighth grade, you know, for a long time until the new big thing happened. So, yeah, we forget about Harding. We forget about Fillmore. We forget about Garfield because Nixon happened, you know, and everybody everybody just kind of ages out. Like, they forget about who is alive to talk about Harding. That's true. You know, like maybe my grandmother, but she was what? A a baby. You know, it's like when Jake was like, oh, yeah, the Trump years, you know, or when Harry says the Trump years. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to remember the Trump years yeah, any more than uh, I remember the Nixon years. Because the thing about it is Nixon was around when I was just about uh, Harry's age. It's I, I probably remember the Nixon years better than you do because I've. Study them from a act- different point. Like it's yeah, you different. Yeah, well, I remember them for a di- from a different angle. You know right. what I mean? Yes. The, my big my big thing from the Nixon uh, the big Nixon thing was that uh, at the time my mom was married to my first stepfather, and uh, I remember the night of the actual election. Mm-hmm. I actually remember it very clearly because mom was big McGovern and Dennis was big uh, Nixon and uh, they get into a big fight and he beat her up. So I remember right. that. Right. That, but, but that's my, you know what I mean? I don't it's mean like, to laugh at my, that, but yeah. No, but that's my connection to Nixon was that that sort of horrific, horrific uh, domestic situation. Well, um, I mean... And then, la- and then years later, <laughs> look, you know, Nixon, kind of... If Nixon hadn't run for president, your mom might not have gotten her ass kicked. I mean... No, she would have. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. Yeah, clearly. Uh, re- re- like, seriously bad guy. Um, but, but, yeah, no, I think it's. I think that's fascinating. I love that. Is uh, Well, you know, and, and it, what it reminds me of is I've, I've been thinking, you know, if you were to look back, I, you know, I, I love the way history works. If you were to look back in, let's just say, uh, 1915. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who would, in terms of an archetype, not like a specific person, but if in 1915 you were to look at like everybody, all the little tribes, all the little groupings that we had, the stereotypes, who would you say at the time was the most dangerous kind of person in 1915? Um, Okay, so what is the point of view that I'm looking at? Because my answer... See, that's, that's... Yes, go ahead. Okay. So my, my knee-jerk reaction, my knee-jerk answer to that would be, like, the, the robber baron types. Like, the, those building on industry and taking advantage of workers and starting to, like, hoard the wealth. Okay. And I would, and I would say, um, from my perspective, in 1915, probably the most dangerous kind of person in the world were monarchs. So because not, dis- not dissimilar from what I'm not saying. Not dissimilar <laughs> because monarchs are really what promoted. Uh, that's that's what made World War One happen, and yeah. that was one of the most devastating wars 
in in the history of the world. So yeah, yeah. And so so all okay, because right, yeah, nineteen fifteen is a year into World War One. Yeah, that's so, why yeah. I picked that okay. year. Yep. So here's yeah. here's here's the because the only reason I bring this up is uh, I read not too long ago, uh, and I don't remember where I read it, but it was sort of like this pronouncement that that right now we are in a place where the most dangerous person on the planet is being sort of grown. It's being fomented. And there, th- this article's perspective was that the most dangerous person in the world right now is a young, uh, lonely, confused white guy with no prospects. And there, there are, you know, the idea okay. is that, that with, with so much going on with Me Too, with the, the racial reckoning, that really that young 22-year-old, whatever, 18 to 22-year-old white guy who's lonely, he doesn't have any friends, he's socially awkward, and he's angry and confused, and he doesn't really have any job prospects. He's obviously not going to go to college because young men are not going to college as much by record numbers, that that's the most dangerous person. And I thought about that. And I wondered, like, in terms of actual, like, harm, and, and, and really, it, it, it's exactly what you said. It's sort of like what's mm-hmm. your perspective on what dangerous is. Yeah. You know, and certainly from the perspective of mass shootings um, and, you know, and, and, you know, sexual assault. Yeah, that guy, that guy is a pretty dangerous guy. But is he the most dangerous kind of person today and my list here's this this thing is as i was as i was thinking about it i started working on a list of like who are from from that perspective who are the most dangerous people in 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 america and hold on let me find it um i i put okay obviously the incel you know, which mm-hmm. I, I think you can probably say that's who we just described. Yep. You've also got the angry young black man who, if you look at inner city crime numbers, uh, that's that's a lot of danger. That's a lot of thing. You also have the turf, the the the, the transgender oh. mm-hmm. the transgender exclusionary mm. radical feminist. You also have the extremist politician on mm-hmm. either side. Mm-hmm. You have the wealthy shareholder. You have the tech mogul. Yep. You have the one that scares me the most, the woke white woman. God. Is that dangerous yeah. or just annoying? Well, that's what I'm saying. You also have the Karen, you know, who, who intentionally calls on calls the cops on black people yeah. who are in, like using a pool or selling lemonade. So the question becomes really I don't think there's necessarily a black person using a pool. Oh yeah, well that's while what selling they do. lemonade. Selling lemonade. Well, there was that whole case where the woman called white woman called on the young black girl because she was selling water, bottled water. And oh. she had called the, called the police, and oh, it's just it's crazy. God. So the question is, in your opinion, who is the most dangerous kind of person on the planet today? Because I have decided. I think it is. Well, let's address the incel. Like that's that's a dangerous person, but I think that that kind of person is like a result of what this what I'm about to name is the most dangerous person creates and I think the most dangerous person is the the, I I, I want to combine it like the greedy politician or the extremist politician with the greedy modern Robert Barron like it 
Yeah. Because they're they're sowing division either financially, which impacts us socially, or they're sowing division socially, politically, which yeah. obviously creates a division. Like the. So I don't know. I don't. I mean, they. I think maybe like the one, big they go hand I think in the, hand. The big pharma shareholder. The big pharma, because I think that they're incredibly dangerous, incredibly dangerous. They, the big pharma has destroyed more lives than most. The well, but the I think, big insurance executive, you know, the medical health insurance executive is pretty dangerous. Well, something about the, you know? the future too, like today, like what they're going to do in the future, like these insurance people. I mean, like the insurance game, healthcare, like it's a racket. It is a. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've we, we've talked about this, and I've I know I've written about it, like. But that's also a product of kind of what I'm getting at too. Like, how can we just yeah. g- get wealthy of other people, of other people's hard work, their money, and then their misfortune? And like, insurance is great. Like, look, my house flooded two weeks ago. I've yeah. got insurance money to help cover the. Like, insurance is great when you need it, but like, eh. Oft times they don't pay. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes oft when, when they don't pay, yeah, right. You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. It was like with my car. Uh, you know, and that's the thing is, is because I think. I think you're onto something. Um, the idea that it's 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 people that maybe don't have a lot of money, but truck in in massive amounts of wealth. Because the the another one that I that pops into my head is okay. What about the 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 news director? Mm-hmm. The news directors, you know, the, 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 the New York Times editorial board and yeah. the Fox News News. I mean, are they more dangerous than, say, Elon Musk or Donald Trump or Jeff Bezos or fucking Mark Zuckerberg? I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really good question. And, you know, it, it comes down to, to point of view. Yeah, the that's exactly going into what it with. Like I, I don't think that the the news director, the editorial board of the New York Times, is as dangerous. Oh, and that as as the Fox News news. Well, director. and that's the thing. Is that's it depends. My, you know, it, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is you know, I was I, I read uh, on on uh, the Literate Ape Twitter uh, that it was uh, this woman was like, so describe to me what a New York Times uh, subscriber looks like. <laughs> and holy shit, man, because I subscribe to the New York Times. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus Christ, it was just this narrow, just all these terrible uh, assumptions made about about people. And I thought, well, okay. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to do it for Literate because I don't really like to engage in Twitter because it's cesspool. But I thought, right. you know what I would like to, to do is put up, a, all right, so then if that's the case, describe your regular Fox News uh, viewer. And it would be just as... Just as hateful. Just as hateful. And I thought that was fascinating that, uh, that again, perspective yeah. is everything, but our perspectives are so skewed. Yeah. You know? It's like, because we talk about billionaires, but what about, uh, what was Bezos, uh, what's her name, McKinsey Scott? I I mean, she she well, she divorced Bezos and got oh. like sixty four billion dollars. She's given away twelve billion of it already. Yeah, and her goal is to empty the coffers, giving away money. Well, that's a super wealthy person. Yeah, that isn't a scumbag. That isn't dangerous. Is actually doing something good for the world. So, you know, it's like ugh, it's all perspective. Yeah, and I think you know, 
like Elon Musk is, I don't know if he's dangerous or just. I just think he's a shyster. I think he's P.T. Barnum. He's, he is P.T. Barnum. Yes. A yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, who are the other? Um, Zuckerberg, uh, Bezos. Zuckerberg, I think, is more. Here's what, Okay, let's look at Zuckerberg and Bezos. Because like these are the two. Because Bezos is like that big, wealthy businessman who's just taking things over and yeah. killing small businesses or whatever. But like, you know... Amazon is really good. I I bought shit that I did not find when I ran an errand yesterday. Could not find the things I needed. Jumped on Amazon. There it is. It'll be here today. You know, yeah. like oh yeah, my mom. They, my mom loves Amazon. I mean, there's holes. every every day I've been in Kansas. Every single day I've been here, there's been a package. And yeah, the only thing I buy, the only thing I buy on Amazon anymore are things that I know it would take me a great deal of effort to find. Like my Prius key fob batteries went were starting to go low. Uh-huh. Well, where the fuck do you find Prius key fob batteries? I don't know in Wichita where I'm going to find those. So I went on Amazon, put Prius exactly. key fob batteries, found it, and, I, and they were here the next day. It's like, all right, so that's really convenient. But am I going to order? Am I going to order a T-shirt? Am I going to order right. uh, toothpaste? Fuck off! I can go to the store. I I mean, one of the things that I bought was um, toothbrush heads for my my Sonicare toothbrush there you because go. like they're a little bit cheaper on Amazon. They, and they I, are. They are. Last time I was at the Walgreens, I they didn't like they just didn't have them. So it's like, yeah, I don't want to run around. So yeah, so I think you know, but Bezos like that helps people, right? Yeah, and I think that Bezos started Amazon as like just a basic businessman. Like, look, well, it was let's all make about books. getting books. Yeah, that was all it was. You know, has Amazon gotten a little aggressive and you know icky corporate, icky capitalist? Sure, plenty of ways that they've done that. Okay, Zuckerberg, on the other hand. Where let's go ahead right now and just say that has Facebook helped people in so many ways? Yes. Like it's connected people, to, all that. Great. But that's kind of it, right? Like everything else. It's that, a universal and bad Zuckerberg thing. didn't start it as a, here's a business opportunity to help people. No. It was a 100% selfish way, self-absorbed. It, let's look at chicks and, and rate yeah. them hot or not. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then he stole idea. I mean, Zuckerberg has been a piece of shit. From the very beginning with this. I would argue I would argue for the same reason that in Star Trek The Next Generation, that data and evil data are really just the same because <laughs> they're androids. So there's no right. real evil intent in, a, in an android. I, I don't know if I can say that Zuckerberg is evil, but I can definitely say he is dangerous. He is dangerous. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, I don't... I, who else would be? I don't know. I mean, I think that, like... Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think those kind of people. Ah, see, I can't, I can't say that they're any more dangerous than a random guy pissing his pants and ranting about but they how are. how his nipples are 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 air are like they're they're receiving images from space. And it's like you know you're a fucking nut, but she you're is a lunatic because, because that guy doesn't have the platform of the United States Capitol. Taylor Greene's well, got. She's a, but I mean, nobody there takes her seriously. Nobody there takes her seriously. But enough people out there do. Enough people Not, out in America I, take her very seriously. Seven people. She comes from a district with seven voting members. But That's she's it. louder than that. That's well, the yeah, thing. She, she is, I mean, this is not, you know, McCarthy was just a, a congressman. Or was he a senator? I guess he was a senator. He was a senator Sen- from Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. But like, he was spewing nonsense all over the place in the 50s. Well, yeah. about, and that was really harmful. Yeah, but he was actually he was actually spewing nonsense that was based in some sense of fact, 
because there was a communist. There was, yes, I mean, true. when we look yep. at it, when we kind of look at it from the lens of history again, while his methods were horrifying and what he did ended up being a, a net loss for everybody in America, yeah. it wasn't that there were no communists in government. Right. It's just the way he rooted them outward. It's like he, he didn't take a scalpel. He took a fucking sledgehammer and then just hit anybody that he just didn't like. It was like he was a terrible person. Yeah, I, I think that, but I would think that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bobert and, you know, all the others that are like Ted Cruz that are like calling for a white nationalist Christian nation. Yeah. That's, that is dangerous. Yeah, that well, it's dangerous. Very, on, very dangerous. On the other hand, and on a total uh, Johnny Lawrence side note, I will say, yes, of those three you mentioned, um, I would not have sex with Cruz or Marjorie Taylor Greene. So. And now, we're sack of the news. New York Times reporter and White House correspondent Maggie Haberman has released her new book, Confidence Man, about Trump, and included that she knew two years ago about his document grab, but did not report it because she was saving it for her book. Your thoughts? That is irresponsible. As a journalist, you need to report that shit. That's breaking news, and you can go into details about how you found out and how you broke the story in your book and adapt the story differently. That is selfish. That is terrible. That is that is shit journalism. That is shit reporting. And now I'm pissed. That pissed. I did not hear that. I'm that. Uh, no. No. Uh, yeah, no. I thought that would be your response. Number two. It's such Lizzo. an easy answer. That is so obvious. Yeah. It's such an obvious thing. Yeah, like, but I, there are plenty of people that, that are defending her on this. Plenty of people are defending her on this. But that's like two years the New ago. York so Times was... is, yeah, two year, the New York Times is defending her on this. And she knew. Well, of course they are. She knew he had uh, a whole, like, 15 to 25 boxes of classified documents in his goddamn basement. This is after he left office, though. Like, he didn't take these before. Yeah, she she interviewed him, and she knew two years ago that he had this cache of fucking classified documents and did not report it because she wanted to save it for her book. So, yeah, you report it, and like I said a minute ago, you just... you. The part that you keep in your book to make it in is you build on the background of how you got that information and everything else. But you need to break the story because then if that's huge story that you break and it's like you've got a book coming out soon, people are going to be reading you. They're going to be, well, let's see what she has to say in her book. There's probably more about this kind of shit. What else does she know about Trump? I'm, I can't wait to buy that book. Hurry up, Maggie. Hurry up and finish that book. This is a good promotion for her. Secondly, and in hindsight... What's the big deal now? The story yeah. already broke. Yeah. So, like, what's in the book? What would have been there anyway if you'd broken the story two years? It, this is so idiotic. It's and bad journalism. Irresponsible. It's bad journalism. I agree. Number two, Lizzo twerked while playing an antique crystal flute that belonged to President James Madison. Wait, is that the story that Jarrett sent? Yes. Okay, I hadn't watched it. I just thought like he was making okay. fun of Liz overplaying no, the flute she, because basic, like, she's an incredible. Basically, yeah, it's the national music music. I, I can't remember. It's like the national musical archive thing, yeah. and they have like they have like uh, Washington's harpsichord shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Lizzo 
uh, got a hold of because she is a flautist, yeah. you know, and actually a quite good one. She's in, yeah, um, incredible. Yeah. yeah, and and uh, and James Madison had uh, a crystal flute that's about two hundred and fifty years old. Wow! And and they let her play it, and so there was a video of her playing and twerking, and you know, of course. The people that are most angry about it is like, uh, how could you know? How how could you let this pop star do this? And then the other people on the other side are angry because, well, she finally got to play a slave owner's flute, and it's like, it's okay. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts? I love her. I think she's great. I I, I love Lizzo. Yeah. I um, think she's gonna die young because she's as fat as a fucking house. Jesus. But... I mean, well, yeah, she is. No, you know, I mean, you can play your fat acceptance game. Her heart's gonna give out. Before uh, anything else goes, but I, I'm glad she's on the planet she's now, and I enjoy that she's doing it. Um, Fucking eat I, a goddamn salad, man. I, I, I think it's really cool to, again, like my attachment to things of historical impact. Such a cool thing for me. So to be able to play James Madison's flute and crystal flute, which sounds like. It was just, just kind of really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, it. that's what an amazing, incredible opportunity to do right on. Um, twerk. I, I have to watch the video. Cause like the twerking is always just kind of like, yeah, just sticking your ass in there. Yeah. It's fine. Like, was that the right audience? I, I don't know. I don't, does the twerking disrespect the status of the flute? I guess, is that the question? Like, is that what yeah. I should be reacting to here? Cause I, it's a fucking flute. Who cares? I don't know. You know, like this is it's 2022. Like people twerk. Well, the question <laughs> yeah, when the, they when they that's the thing is dancing. The, 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 the question is if James Madison had an ass the size of Lizzo, he'd probably twerk too. Yeah, I mean, if if his pantaloons would so allow such movement. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Number three, and I I don't know how whether you're I don't know if you're going to be excited about this or not, but. Uh, Deadpool 3 has been announced. It is going into production. And it has Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. I'm very excited about this because I love thrilled. the Deadpool movies. Yeah. I am thrilled. Thrilled about this. Um, I did see, because I, I watched the announcement about it, the two like little videos that Ryan Reynolds put out. So funny. So funny. Um, and then I saw like... I read like a dumb news story about it, but there was, uh, I guess the director of Logan responded yeah. to the news with a, like a meme or a gif yeah. that was from the end of Logan where yeah, he's dead. young Logan yeah. is jamming old Logan onto the, and killing him. The, yeah. Where Logan is dead. Except this is a, we've established a multiverse. This is now in a literal different universe of cinematic canon. Yeah. Cause it's the Marvel. <sighs> I don't care. I, no, it's great because you don't have to line up. That's the thing with the comics. Well, the thing is, like, the thing that, is, you can everybody you can comes make back the to argument. life. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you can make the argument that Logan, which I think is a brilliant movie, happened yeah. years after the Deadpool stuff. You know what I mean? Years, oh, decades after. It actually know, does. It actually yeah, that's does. What I'm saying. So it's totally fine. That makes no it difference. It does work whatsoever. in canon. Yeah, it yeah, will. It will yeah, definitely so work in it canon. Works. Um, All right, but it's also fun to see. Like we thought, Hugh Jackman was not going to play Wolverine again. 
Yeah, and I'm excited. Well, I love that Ryan Reynolds has made such a big deal about Wolverine as Deadpool, and he and Hugh Jackman are such good friends, and they have yeah. such a good, you know, I love that that's happening. It's also I, nice I, that Wolverine is going to be appearing in Deadpool's movie. In, in Deadpool's movie. And, and, I, and I think to bring him back, like, to bring Hugh Jackman back to play this iconic character, it's just after he said he wasn't going to, they have yeah. to be doing right by it. Oh, you know they're going to I don't make think this is going to be just fan service this wink, a, wink. No, this is not a cameo. This is going to advance gonna be, the plot. This is going to yeah. be a love story is what it is. This is going to be Great. a fucking, this is going to be a violent rom-com. Number four, Biden's take seabaxies. This takes a little while. Yeah. Six Republican-led states announced yesterday that they are suing the Biden administration over its estimated four, $400 billion student debt cancellation plan. A statement released by Nebraska Attorney General Doug Peterson's office called the plan economically unwise and said the president does not have the power to unilaterally relieve millions of individuals from their obligation to pay loans they voluntarily, voluntarily assume. Now, all of this is fine, except then the Biden administration, also on Thursday, also mid-afternoon, quietly scaled back its debt cancellation plan. About 4 million borrowers have commercially held loans, and unless... And in, until less than 24 hours ago, they were eligible for the one-time debt relief, but not anymore because the Biden administration went, we don't want to get sued, so we're going to take those folks, those 4 million borrowers, fuck off. Yeah. You, 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 we told you you were going to get a loan reduction. Yeah. Nope, sorry. They're going to sue us, so we're not going to do that. So let me get this straight. The There are federal loans. Yeah. Those are being forgiven. Yep. There are those Pell Grants. Those are yep. still being forgiven because those are part of federal loans. Yep. And then there's the private loans. And the reason that the states were suing on behalf of the... It's on the, the behalf of the private loans. Like Missouri... Loans because that's yeah. tax money that comes into the state. Yeah. Missouri, Missouri yeah. is home to the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority. And that services billions in student loans and would be seriously affected. I mean, basically, they're commercial entities, commercial bank entities that loaned out the money, and they're like, you can't fucking well, rescind our loans. Here's here's where I guess I didn't think far enough into this. Um, I don't think anybody did, but well, <laughs> including the including like, the Biden administration. Loan forgiveness honest. is one thing. Like, if you borrow money from somebody, uh, like, and, and they, fuck it, the federal government says, you borrowed money from us, we're going to forgive you, you don't have to pay us back. You're good. But you can't do that for a third party. You can't just say, oh, hey, Don Hall Bank, corporate bank, you're not going to get your money. The, I, I just, I guess I assumed, again, I didn't think far enough into it, that the federal government was going to pay off any loans that they couldn't just forget. Somebody still owes like those banks money. So the federal government now, instead of dialing it back, needs to go, all right, we're going to, yeah, we fucked up. We didn't think this thing through totally, but we're going to have... They stuck their foot in their mouth. They need to pay off those private loans because that's the guarantee they made. That's the promise they made. No, no, they changed it. Well, they took it back. I tell you what, I bet you those four million borrowers four will not be voting borrowers for Democrats for... in 2022 or 2024. I would agree with that. Number five, I told you we we're going to get to the Jews. <laughs> Berkeley Law bans pro-Israel Jews. Nine different affinity groups at Berkeley's law school, <laughs> including the Women of Berkeley Law and the Queer Caucus, have promised not to invite any Zionists to speak on campus, by which they mean the vast majority of Jews, according to Gallup. 
Well, buddy, um, did you? <laughs> you really like this one for me, don't you? Yeah, I do. I well, feel, you're, yeah. you're you're one of my few Jewish friends, and one that I can actually say Jew in front of and not get slapped in the face because you're on Facetime. Well, but so, it's also uh, not an offensive thing to say unless you're like you dirty Jew, or it's it's whatever. Shut up. People. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't say that. Yeah. Um, Jews refer to themselves as Jews. It's in the prayer books. Shut the fuck up. Um, well, he, this is a tricky one for me because as it's, it's been well documented, I am anti-Zionist. I think, yeah. that, you know what? Let's go back to the earlier conversation. Zionists are the most dangerous people in the world today. <laughs> I am <laughs> staunchly anti-Zionist. I, I think that we need to d- divide and conquer, find pe- whatever, but look, <laughs> know your history a little bit and I'm not an expert in this area but Israel kind of invaded it only exists because they took land away from people that were already there I, it's it can't I, yeah Zionists have become you know they're, they're the extremists and then there's just the normal ones like I think my dad I don't know if I'd call him a Zionist but he's like yeah Israel should have Israel should exist and I'm not saying Israel shouldn't exist what I'm saying is that what I think a lot of the Zionists are saying is that Israel should exist solely without Palestinians. Yeah, they don't want to share. Push them out. They don't and want to share. That is a colonial. That is a um, uh, uh, a a bad way of doing global affairs, in my opinion. So, not inviting them to speak. I, I mean. <coughs> I don't, I, it's kind of a hateful, they have a hateful, I guess it depends on what their topic is. If they're going to talk about the benefit of wiping out other people that aren't them or pushing them out of their land. No. I mean, would we invite a colonist, a, a, a colonist to speak? Colonial? Well, I mean, you know, that's a, it, it's Berkeley law. So I would think that the <laughs> argument, I guess my argument would be that I think, uh, it more feels spe- a- yeah, it, I'm that more speech is better speech. You know, it's like uh, if you want to have if you want to have the the fucking monsters get up on a podium and you know as long as the, as long as you can ask some questions, as long as you can have a conversation, as long as you can interrogate their point of view. I mean, if it's like, hey, you in the audience, shut up and listen to this fucking rhetoric. Yeah, that's that's not really that's not really free speech. That's bullshit. Right. Um, but if you get to have an opportunity to kind of have some feedback and have some pushback yeah, and then have a I, have a counter argument, sort of that bughouse yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, if you can have a little of that, I think that's appropriate. But uh, I think that'd be great. Like, let's yeah, let's have a Zionist come and do a let's have a, a Q&A, a panel session, a, a debate. I, I, yeah, exactly. Like you just said, there's a great opportunity to which I would attend that, you know, because like, I would totally go what, to that. Yeah. What nuance? What new yeah, things screaming. am I going to learn? Screaming okay. that person down doesn't solve a goddamn thing, but actually having a, a constructive conversation and debate, uh, really talking about the issues is, I think, very constructive. But he, here's the other thing is, did Berkeley just announce this because or were they accused of like, hey, you know what? I'm noticing that Berkeley doesn't have a lot of Jewish speakers. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just I mean, noticed it and I thought it was interesting because I know how I know where you stand on it. I think you just um, say, like, I, we're not, we don't invite speakers who are going to talk about uh, harming other humans and taking people's land away from them. I totally want those people to speak as long as there's an opportunity for a counter. Right, sure. Not yes. a scream or, down. Yeah. You know, that could, 
Yeah. And finally, speaking of, finally, and I debated, I actually debated which one I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to go with the sillier, um, and we can talk about the Iranian women cutting their hair off uh, later if we want to. <laughs> but here is the final. Finally, the Depp versus Heard trial movie <laughs> that no one wanted is here. The trial was over in June. They're releasing on Tubi a fucking made-for-TV movie of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Where do you stand? That seems quick. I mean, it's, it's you know it's going to be shit. I mean, that's like that's like that's like six weeks. A major motion picture is not going to be done in six weeks. The fucking trial's not even over. They had to have been writing the script as they were going, and then and as and from what I understand from the article, there are also as a part of the film three representations of TikTok. Uh, trolls oh, that are a part of this film. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of want to see it at, out of out of because I didn't really watch the trial, but I, I mean, this has got to be one of the worst things ever made. It's got to just be a shit show. I mean, and who's James Franco is behind this? I guess I don't know. I didn't read that. Uh, they didn't say in the article, but uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know, dude. I it, it, I mean, good for them for seizing on a hot moment in. The Johnny Depp trial, the Depp Heard trial, feel, feels to me like what Tiger King was in 2020. Like that's exactly what it feels it. like. Yeah, but and it, then it's, it's just like, and then it goes away. And then who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably won't see it because I barely paid attention to the real one. See, that's the I, thing. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. And the funny thing is, is that weren't they going to make like a Tiger King movie? I think so. But also, like, who cares? We know what happened. I like. Are they just going to show the? Because the funny stuff happened in the courtroom. Are yeah. they going to show us? Are they going to show Johnny Depp shitting in her bed or whatever? Like, I, I don't know. No, she yeah. shit. She shit. Oh, in she his shit bed. in his bed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah, get it right, I, man. Uh, yeah. Maybe I will have to watch the movie. Just so you get the facts straight. Yeah. There are six things you should do this week. All right, my first thing this week. If you're missing the good old days of the MCU, uh, watch What If. That, that's great. And it's before the MCU took a dump on itself. So there's like, there, there, there is a bright spot in phase four. No, yeah, and you know, and, and we had that conversation last week. You're right. Yep. I, I agree with you. Um, I And so... Uh, I don't have any MCU to talk about today, but my first thing is a watch. Uh, watch the Rings of Power on Amazon. Um, I'm, I mean, Mom and I are both watching the the House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power, and the thing that I like about the Rings of Power, it's taking its time, but the difference, probably the biggest difference between the two of them is House of the Dragon is not a, it's not a world you'd ever want to fucking live in. And uh, Rings of Power, like, I'd, I'd visit. That's cool. It's New Zealand. It looks nice. It's really pretty. Um, they're elves. You know, yeah, the orcs are not, uh, I mean, they're gross, but they're not that prevalent. But I've actually been enjoying it. It's taking its time, and uh, and, and, and it's beautiful to watch. And fuck, 
He already ordered 50 episodes, so it's not like Jesus. it's going away. Yeah. It's not like it's not like if you don't watch it, it's just going to disappear. They're going to cancel it. He's already paid for fucking 50 episodes, so you might as well get in. That's Jump nuts. on board, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I, I probably won't. Yeah, you're not really into that shit. No. So. Um, but respect for the uh, recommendation. Uh, my, <laughs> I see your Lord of Rings, your weird hocus pocusy magic Lord of Rings, and I recommend uh, the, the movie Hocus Pocus too on Disney Plus. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> see, yeah, I'm probably there? not gonna see that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was good. That was a good segue. You made the, that was a on the fly uh, uh, recommendation. What I, I this is just small spoiler alert, but I just so in the first Hocus Pocus. Did you ever see the first Hocus Pocus? Did you ever watch no, it? No. Okay. Yeah. Of course not. Probably aged out. So the the whole plot is there's these Sanderson sisters, these evil witches from you know 1600 Salem. They could be brought back when the dark candle or the dark flame candle is lit by a virgin. That's the plot of the movie, right? And like, you're that's making like fun of the Lord Hang of on, the Rings. Wait. Hang on. So in 1993, there's this whole thing about this kid who's a virgin. This is a movie about about kids for kids. And there's like this whole thing about his virginity. They never explain what a virgin is. It's just like virgin. They never really address it other than like everybody's talking about how he's a virgin. And it's it's weird. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable because people don't talk about virginity like that. Like it's, yeah. oh, here's my friend Don the Virgin who lit a candle. Like we don't, it's just lit a so, candle brought back some witches yeah it's always bothered me that like <laughs> this disney channel movie is so focused on virgin a virgin and not even like the purity of it just the fact that this kid hasn't got it's just fucking weird it's so weird. hocus so, pocus 2 is hocus he still pocus a virgin two, they like there's like this recap where they're like explaining what happened in the first one but it's being told by a magician you know, whatever, like in, and the Sanderson sisters were brought back. Ooh. And this one kid raises his hand. He says, yes, you have a question. And the kid goes, what's a virgin? And the guy goes, uh, well, it's, uh, uh, just, and it like totally addresses the fucking weirdness, the weirdness yeah. of like making fun of a kid for being a, vir- it's just, yeah. But anyway, Hocus Pocus two, it's a classic All right. already. My, my number two recommendation is also a watch and it's also one that's taking its time, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. In fact, I'm not binging it. I really am just watching one episode a week. It is also on Disney Plus and or. Um, this is really good. It, it I, I would say this is as good as The Mandalorian without quite the Western feel. This is a really... really it's real. The thing is, it, it it's not what you got from Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not fan service. They're not doing fan service. It's what it reminded me of was you liked Rogue One, right? No. I mean, I came oh, to appreciate it more. I, I went from oh, hating it to, Oh, this, see, I loved Rogue it. One. I I've loved Rogue One. And so what I like about this is it is in the Star Wars universe, but it doesn't really have any touchstones with any of the major films. This mm. is about this one character and his sort of dealing with uh, kind of being a, a, a little criminal and kind of becoming the guy that you see in Rogue One. And it is really good. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, it's, yeah, it, it's sort of like if the, the what, what is the first one? What's the, the Phantom Menace? 
Yeah. You know, it was all yeah. focused on like all this heady goddamn uh, political intrigue that wasn't that intriguing because what we wanted to see was fucking lightsaber duels. Mm-hmm. This is got all of that intrigue and some pretty cool action stuff. And I'm I'm liking it very much. So I recommend Andor. I actually really watched the first episode. And if you don't, if you're not down for it, understanding that it's taking its time, it's not okay. fucking around, it's taking its time. Ah, <sighs> uh, Okay. I I'm like just, it. Like, I, I'm I, just I, over investing in Star Wars because, like, it they just disappoint. I'm just saying they got, they got this. Great. They got this one right. So I'm, okay. I, it, it right. is as good. I think it's as good as the Mandalorian, but without sort of the the bravado. You know, it's a little okay. more. It's a little more uh, ethically complex. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, my final thing this week is: if you're a runner, go for a run. If you just want to walk, take a walk through a cemetery. Give it a go. There's, there's a calm. There's a peace that exists there. There's a very clear ending ahead, and you're you're so much alive while you're walking through it or running through it that it's like this weird uh, smashing together of, of multiverses of life and All death. Right. I don't. Yeah, it's. I recommend it for calm. And my final thing is it's it's a maybe look into it if your life recently exploded in your second half <laughs> of life. It is on Hulu. It's an ABC show. It stars Nathan Fillion. It is The Rookie. It is about a middle-aged man whose life explodes in the second half of his life. And his way of dealing with it is to, as a middle-aged man, uh, become the youngest rookie on the LAPD. And, uh, and you know, it's, and I'm what not happens say, is he goes on, he starts beating the shit out of everybody no, he comes into contact with. Cause he has a lot of pent up frustration. No, actually he, what, <laughs> what, what, of what, people. all I said is, like I said, I wasn't really that invested in it. And I watched the first 10 minutes of the very, of the pilot. And, uh, when he takes his divorce papers and his wedding ring off his finger to put it in a safety deposit box. And the woman, it's his sister says, what are you going to do? And he says, I'll let you know when I figured out. And he looks so sad. And I sat there and wept yeah. like Jesus. And I went, <laughs> okay, I, I got to fucking watch this because that's what this, I, I feel that. I'm feeling those feels. Yeah. And and uh, I have enjoyed his journey quite a bit. Part of it is because I just love Nathan Fillion. But I'm liking the whole journey of the older man sort of trying, you know, people finding, you know, like derision thrown at him because he's this old fucking guy. Sure. but. Everybody's starting to learn him learning to appreciate that his age and wisdom makes him a better policeman than the Mm -hmm. young kids and even sort of like the career policeman and them learning from him. I'm enjoying it. Um, but only, only watch it if, if your life has recently exploded and you happen to be a Gen X guy, otherwise just ignore it, (laughs) just ignore it. It's not that good. That is a target audience right there. That is a very targeted, uh, yeah, very targeted recommendation. And that's all I got. That's all I got. I'm going to go clean up my garage and go through my past and see what I'm, shit I'm going to bury in the trash can. And I'm going to go take my mom to The Woman King so we can watch revisionist history about an all-female <laughs> tribe uh, fighting against slavery when, in fact, in reality, they were slavers. But I love Braveheart and The Patriot, too, so they're full yeah. of shit as well. Well, and you apparently love a show about a cop whose life is shit and isn't who's, beating the crap out of people. 
at every See, turn. So, you know, yeah. I'm all about Lord of the Rings, the it's Woman Queen. Escapism. Escapism. That's all I want. Suspension of disbelief. All I want. Yeah, rock great. and roll. Have fun. All right, later. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the fuck?